here, jail, wherever you fail, I believe that the fuck-ups go on. We'll fail forever this way, I believe that the fuck-ups, the fuck-ups will go on and on. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of You Have Failed with me, Sam Vader. Now, before we start the podcast, I will obviously, as always, once again, uh, stress to everyone listening to this podcast... Do keep mentioning Black Lives Matter in any Facebook posts, Instagram posts, Twitter posts, Snapchat selfies, maybe not Snapchat selfies, um, and in just general conversation, it's still a very important cause, and whilst media attention to it has died down, uh, unfortunately, over the last few months since it was at its peak, uh, that doesn't mean the conversation has stopped, and that doesn't mean the conversation ever will until equality is reached. So if you are making a post on social media that relates to the topic in any way, please do use ha- either hashtag BLM or hashtag Black Lives Matter. This really helps get it trending and make sure that the conversation stays there. If you're having a conversation with your family at the dinner table and something is brought up, you, you know, give your opinions and you have that potentially uncomfortable conversation because sometimes that uncomfortable conversation needs to happen likewise if you want to be uh, better informed or support the cause either monetarily or non-monetarily you can go to www.blacklivesmatter.com to find out more and either donate or find out other ways you can help support the campaign uh, it's a very important campaign and we here at sigil arts and me obviously same vader do definitely stand with the campaign and hope for a better tomorrow. But with that out of the way, we shall get into the episode proper, which actually starts out with, I suppose, an announcement of its own. And that announcement is that we hit 400 lifetime listens, guys, and that is fucking brilliant. I'm honestly thank you to anyone and everyone who has ever listened or ever will listen uh, to this podcast. It's been an absolute joy uh, to make this podcast. And... Yeah, I've loved every step of it from episode one and two that I can't even go back and listen to because they're god awful to where we are now. The satirical piss take, um, me quote unquote pretending, except I'm not really pretending to be an absolute idiot. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm so happy with the show. I'm so happy that all of you guys have enjoyed listening to it and we've got 400 listens finally. So thank you so much for that. yeah, and also I hope everyone enjoys the rebrand. I didn't really talk about that in in the last episode because it was a very somber, more serious, focused episode. But I hope everyone enjoys the sigil rebrand. Um, Cornelius and Merck worked very hard on that. I hope I said that right. I'm sorry. If I didn't, I'm going to blame the British accent. Um, but yeah, they worked very hard on the rebrand and it looks fantastic. All the new cover arts and logos look brilliant. And um, yeah, so... I really hope you enjoy that and you're enjoying the rebranded Sigil Arts. Um, but yeah, without further ado, I suppose that, that's this time really, really get into the uh, episode proper. Where this week we are talking about probably the biggest insult by the USA to Japanese culture ever. Um, okay, maybe with notable exceptions back in World War Two. 
the biggest insult to Japanese culture. Um, and, and that was when they, they took a, a fan favourite long-running manga series and anime series and completely bastardised it for, um, for, for Western audiences in a live-action film. Now, there are many live-action adaptations of anime and none of them have worked. Um, I mean, Pokemon, what's his face, uh, Detective Pikachu, to be fair, was good. But other than that, it, it's been a very um, lacklustre, not very good roster. And, and this is the worst one, in my opinion, maybe because I, I'm so passionate about about the um, original anime. And um, oh, the film I'm talking about is, is Dragon Ball Evolution. Um, God, that film is so bad. I mean... So imagine you know you're making a film about about some some pre-established franchise, right? So I don't know, you've taken I was about to say Star Wars, but then I remember Disney have done just this. Um, no, so 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 <laughs> I don't even the best way to right. So you take Harry Potter for example, right? Okay, and you, you're gonna make your own version. So you keep all the characters' names, right? That's fine. But then you just shit on the rest of the source material. You go, no, we don't need the rest of this. Look. So this is what they did. They went, look, we've got a Goku. And we've got some Dragon Balls. Jobs are good in, right? And oh, it it's so bad. It's it's like Twilight meets just utter crap. Right? There are some scenes that genuinely look like they've been taken from Twilight. And I'm not even shitting on Twilight at the moment, right? Because in fairness, I've never seen the films. Never will, but I've never seen the films. Right? But some of the shots look like they're taken from that film. And I'm like, look. Whether Twilight's good or bad and people's opinions on it, that's up to them and I can't judge, right? <laughs> a, a Dragon Ball adaptation shouldn't be like that. And I get it's not going to be all high-octane action because it's not Dragon Ball Z that they're taking this from. And I know obviously in the manga it was all called Dragon Ball, but obviously the anime was split into Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. But regardless, you know, so yes, it's not going to be as high-octane action, but you still think they'd stick to the plot somewhat similarly but I say other than the names of certain characters so you've got Goku, Bulma's there, Chi Chi, uh, Master Roshi who is not Master Roshi, uh, you've got Piccolo and um, you've got Mai um, who had nothing to do with Piccolo I don't really get that, um, the Krillin's not, oh no Yamcha's in it as well he's a bit weird, uh, Krillin, Krillin's not even in it you know Goku's best friend, like, you know, little bold guy, little monk guy, you know, like, Goku! You know, the guy that Freezer blows up in Dragon Ball Z that makes Goku turn Super Saiyan. Yeah, the guy that's that important to Goku, it triggered an ancient prof prophecy and transformation within him. Yeah, you know that one? Yeah, he's not in the film. Um, good job. And do you know the biggest problem this film had? And maybe this should be something I should say for the later analysis, but you know what? I'm throwing this out there now because this, this did piss me off. Um, like, majorly piss me off. So, <laughs> when I found this out, um, right, genuinely, Akira Toriyama came onto set, right, to offer, in case you don't know who Akira Toriyama is, he's the original guy who wrote the Dragon Ball manga, and obviously then oversaw Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, didn't do Dragon Ball GT, that's why that's shit as well, uh, and then obviously Dragon Ball Super, he still writes a story for that, uh, and is heavily involved in, and designs all the characters, like even in the new ones, he designed Beerus, he completely wrote the script for Battle of Gods, you know, basically, the the George Lucas of Dragon Ball. He is the creator. He is he. What he says goes. Quite frankly, right. So he came onto set of Dragon Ball Evolution to you know one see how his property was being used, which 
is fair enough. You know, if you've made a franchise, you you want to see that it's being used rightly, correctly. If you've given the rights over to someone else, so you know, there's there's nothing wrong with that. But so that's good. He he comes to set. And uh, from all his accounts, he got treated with absolute disrespect. Uh, no one cared about his ideas or opinions. And they sort of forced him to leave. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've got uh, the creator of the franchise there, I'd use his wisdom, right? If I've, you know, if I'm making a Star Wars film and George Lucas walks onto set and I've got a chance to be like, oh no, what do you think about this, that, and the other? You know, you'd take that advice. So if Akira Toriyama has walked onto the set, and he's saying, oh, no, I don't think this is right. I think you should change this, do this differently. And you've gone, no, can you please leave? You've really, you've got to realise you're doing something wrong at that point. Like, you can't know the source material any better than, um, especially when, right? And this is true as well. The writer or director, I can't remember which one, admitted that before this, he had never seen or read a single episode or chapter or page of the Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z uh, product, right? He'd never watched an episode, never even read a part of it. So he he didn't know what he was doing. He sort of just was given a brief, as were most of the actors, on roughly what was going on. But he didn't actually know. He had, he had not been told what... Or he hadn't watched it. He, he didn't, you know... And and the treatment of Kira Toriyama just makes me think, right, so you actually don't know what you're doing. You don't know the story. You don't know the characters. You don't care about these story or characters. Because I think... With franchises like this, you need someone who cares about those characters. I think that's something that's gone wrong with Disney and Star Wars, and I know that's a different conversation, really. But they don't care about it, right? Whereas, <laughs> so, <laughs> you don't care about Dragon Ball, so you're directing a Dragon Ball film. <laughs> Honestly, nice one, mate. I, I wish Freezer would have done that to the fucking director of the film, because it's stupid, right? And then, oh, so you don't know what you're doing, but you make the film anyway, you kick out Akira Toriyama... And the one good thing to come out of this, I will say, it was the poor treatment of him on the set and the film in general that actually inspired Akira Toriyama to uh, write the plot to Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods, which obviously is my favourite Dragon Ball film of all time. Is obviously, And it was also the film that relaunched the Dragon Ball franchise and gave us Dragon Ball Super. It's the, it's the film that brought the franchise sort of back from the dead. Because obviously Z ended years ago. So... You know, so technically, I've got Dragon Ball Evolution to thank for saving the Dragon Ball franchise. But I've also got it to thank for a fucking painful viewing experience. So, right, Goku, right? I, I don't know how much of you know Dragon Ball, but obviously Goku's an icon in anime and pop culture in general. Like, Goku, Goku's massive, right? Especially in Japan. He, he's sort of their equivalent of Superman, except he's way more popular and is painted on way more fucking airports as, like, on murals to welcome people into the country. And obviously he's very popular over in the West as well. Like Dragon Ball is massive. It's probably one of those mainstream anime that everyone knows about, but is also very good, right? It's just brilliant. You, you can't know anime without knowing of Dragon Ball, even if you haven't really watched it. So Goku is obviously, he's a lovable guy, but he's a bit dim, a bit stupid. Uh, but one thing he's very serious about is fighting and getting stronger to the point where he will sometimes not neglect, but not pay as much attention to his family as he could because he is all about training and obviously you can put that down to his saiyan dna and the way that he's hardwired like saiyans aren't meant to really get into emotional attachments and the fact that he's got a family at all is fucking impressive right but he's all about like literally to the point where in dragon ball super it's revealed that he's never actually kissed his wife which i don't really understand because 
he's got two kids. So you can have sex with her, but you don't kiss her. I don't, whatever, right? But he's a bit stupid, but he's all serious about training. And another thing is that he never went to school. He was raised by his grandpa, who was obviously the guy who found him when he crashed to earth in the woods, right? Whereas in this version, do you know what gets him serious about fighting? It's genuinely the power of boners. He cannot channel his key. He cannot perform his attacks until he starts seeing Chi-Chi and he wants to impress her, right? And that really pisses me off. I'm like, this is the Goku that literally, you know, was like, no, I'll stay dead so I can train more. And which, yeah, is a dick move. I'm not denying it. But that's who Goku is, right? He, the training and fighting is his entire life. Whereas this one's like, now nah, I want to, I want to, I want to fuck this girl. So come out of my heart. That's not, that's not Goku. Also, they sort of changed the whole backstory. So obviously you don't find this out until Dragon Ball Z, but... The reason he has a tail, or he doesn't even have a tail in this, does he? Okay, he doesn't even have a tail, which is stupid. How does he turn into Ozaru without a tail? Oh, right, okay. So originally he crashed to Earth because obviously Planet Vegeta was destroyed in a very Superman-like fashion, and he was sent there. He was found by his grandpa, raised in the woods, yada, yada, yada. Right, but obviously he's an alien, and that's why he has a tail. He's, a, he's part of the same race. Right, in this one, right, the reason he... And I, no, I can't even stress this enough that it's how stupid it is, is the fact that Ozaru isn't a transformation of the Saiyans, which is obviously where he turns into a great ape. That's the name of the great ape is Ozaru or Ozaru or however you want to pronounce it. Um, right. In this version, it's because he was Ozaru, who was a minion of Piccolo's, King Piccolo's. And when they lost the ancient war, he was reincarnated and it took 3000 years for that reincarnation to crash into the earth and when the sun goes red on this one occasion, no, not the sun, the moon goes red on this one occasion, he will once again become Ozaru. And that, quite frankly, is stupid. I get the moon part, because that was part of it. it. It's a very werewolf-esque transformation, where if a Saiyan's got a tail and they sort of look up at the moon, the moon's uh, rays and energies will cause a transformation into the great ape form. And that's great. You know, that's, that's how Saiyans work, and I've got nothing against that, you know. But then the way Dragon Ball Evolution does it, I'm like, I'm sorry. So he crashed to Earth because he's a reincarnation of an ancient wolf, ape, beast that didn't kill his grandpa. His grandpa was killed by Piccolo in this version. Because obviously the big part in Dragon Ball, one of the big reveals to Goku is the fact that, especially, I think it's in Dragon Ball Z, I think it's the first time he realises and gets told that he's actually the one that killed his grandpa because he accidentally turned into an Ozaru one night and crushed him in the house. And that's something that obviously Goku didn't realise until his adult life. Uh, his friends around him figured it out, because obviously this happened before he met them. But they figured it out, um, but they didn't tell him for his own sanity. But they removed his tail, realising that was the key to the transformation. Well, that or the moon. But they didn't have the power to destroy the moon then. But Piccolo Jr. does that later in Dragon Ball Z. Um, so, in this one, Piccolo, King Piccolo does it by using the force to crush the house on him. And then he gives Goku the four-star Dragon Ball, which is obviously the Dragon Ball that Grandpa Gohan had anyway. Like, the four-star Dragon Ball is... Um, Grandpa Gohan's obviously the name of his grandpa, and that's who his son, Gohan, was named after um, when, obviously, he was born. Um, yeah, and I just don't like how they changed Goku's character. Like, they changed him from lovable idiot into a horny teenager. And, like, this is what I mean when it gets a bit Twilight. Because not even just some of the shots look it, I'm like... This isn't a love story. Like, Goku and Chi-Chi is great and all, but their romance isn't a love story in conventional terms. It's very much... 
he agreed to marry her when they were like four, when they were like six, and he didn't really understand what it was. She never forgot that, and then had a fight with him, and then he agreed to marry her. Not still not really knowing what marriage was. Don't get me wrong, he loves her, but it's not a conventional love story. Like it's not. Whereas in this one, he he's definitely doing everything to impress her, and I'm like, that's not, that's not Dragon Ball, and that's that's not my Goku. That it's a bit dumb. Like, the best way I can put it is it's fucking dumb. Like, <laughs> dumber than Goku is. Right, and that's saying something, because he ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Uh, he's looking kind of dumb with his finger and his thumb in the shape of an unfortunate. And the dumb stuff coming in 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 the dumb stuff coming. And do you know what else doesn't stop coming? Merch on King Styles Apparel. <laughs> that was a really bad segue, but we're going to go with it. Um, yeah, please do check out King Styles Apparel. They are obviously the sponsors for the week, as they have been uh, as a recurring sponsor for the previous few episodes. Do go check them out. They've got brilliant collections. They've got the Failure They've got the Clansmen Unite. They've got the uh, Creators of King's Eyes and the Statement Collection. Currently, I don't think they've added another one quite yet, unless they have, and I've completely missed that. But do go check out the collections, guys, and obviously support your favourite podcast hosts. Uh, the designs have been... Lots of people have worked very hard on the designs for them, and obviously your favourite hosts work very hard to put out good content, so why not support them by picking up a good shirt? Like, if you wanted to support me, you could pick up something from the Fowey collection and show your support for some of your favourite franchises, like a... Uh, a long time ago, the failure far, far away, you know, go, go power failures. Uh, the fact I can't fucking spell and the word episode is my absolute nemesis. Although I think King's Eyes is realizing that I just can't spell anything at this point. Um, <laughs> and of course, trust me, I'm the failure. My favorite of the collection, actually, the Doctor Who shirt. Um, please do go check all of the stuff out and obviously check out the other collections and support your other favorite creators as well link to that is on kingseyes.life and uh, if you go onto the podcast page rather you have failed or and finally you can also find links to the store there also on those pages you can find links to the twitter account so why not follow this sh uh, the show page on twitter to be updated on any episodes any latencies of episodes or anything else that is going on and while you're at it why not join the discord server the eventual hope for the discord server is to get some of my listeners onto the show and interacting with me and also interact with your fellow failures and your fellow community so please do get on the uh, discord server uh, link to that is also on kingseyes.life with the podcast pages and follow the show, uh, which is at you have failed SV or just follow me at Vader saying because at saying Vader was taken and I'm a little bit pissed off about it, but that's fine. Uh, without further ado, we'll get back to my complaining about why Dragon Ball Evolution is just the biggest insult I've ever seen in my entire fucking life, except for maybe The Last Jedi. I'm not sure which one I hate more. Um... <laughs> They're both dog shit, right? So, as I say, Krillin's not even in it. That's whatever. Piccolo, right, why, why is Piccolo going around in, like, a floating gun shit? He, like, he did want to go for the Dragon Balls, and I get that. But he he was a more cunning villain in the original. Like, he released all the world's criminals onto the street. in sort of like a Purge-style thing to take control of the world, and he was a really strong martial artist as well. And in this one, he's just a bit... 
drain. Like, where is his children as well? Where's like tambourine and I forgot the other one. Symbol, I think one of them was. They're all sort of percussion instruments or woodwind instruments. I can never remember. I think they're percussion because uh, that's what I think a piccolo is as well. If you haven't realised, Dragon Ball has sort of weird naming uh, puns. So all the Saiyans are named after vegetables. Kakarot, Vegeta is obviously the first half of vegetable. Uh, you've got Raditz is radish. Broly is broccoli. Um, Tarbo is the second half of vegetable, which is why he's Vegeta's younger brother. Um, and there are other ones like Bardock on Nappa, but I think they are... Um, they're Japanese names for, for vegetables. Then you've got the Ginyu Force, all named after, I think, dairy products. Like, I think, yeah, that like Berta is butter. Um, Ginyu, I think, is something like milk or something itself. Like, they're all, yeah, Freezer and his family are all just cold. So you've got King Cold, Freezer and Cooler, uh, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. Like, Kira Toriyama liked his puns and his names. Like, but, right, and the point is none of Piccolo's children were in it and for some reason Mai who was originally part of the Pilaf gang who are obviously the original antagonists of the Dragon Ball franchise before Red Ribbon Army and then King Piccolo and then his son Piccolo Jr who ended up becoming a good guy sort of like the original Vegeta um, so she's part of the Pilaf gang and say they were the first villains in Dragon Ball then became they're now sort of reoccurring they're sort of good guys I suppose now in in Dragon Ball Super, in fact, Mai's now dating Trunks. But the point is, right, Mai has nothing to do with King Piccolo, but for some reason she's his sexy hot assistant in this one. And it's just a bit dumb. Like, no, can you please stick to your Dragon Ball lore, please? And speaking of, why is Bulma suddenly fucking Lara Croft in this film? Right, Bulma, right, she... I'm pretty sure she originally... Oh, what was her original wish in the original Dragon Ball? It was, um... It was for a boyfriend, I think, and... Like, I, I can't remember, they, I think they somewhat changed that in um, Dragon Ball Evolution, but for some reason she's suddenly Lara Croft, so in the original one she was just someone looking for the Dragon Balls to, you know, get them and make the wish, which is what the Dragon Balls are for, obviously, whereas in this one she's more of an adventurer, she's got guns and she's like going around shooting and stealing the Dragon Balls, like fucking Mission Impossible, and I'm like, that's that's not Bulma, Bulma's like the tech genius scientist who, you know, can build anything, including a time machine, which she did build. Right, who eventually made the principal sayings for Jeter himself settle down. Like she's an impressive woman, but she's not fucking Lara Croft, and it's just a bit dumb, right? And like, okay, no, actually, before I carry on with the characters, I just oh, honestly, I forgot this. It's how bad it is. I try to plug it out of my memory. The most stupid part, right? So the original reason in Dragon Ball why Goku doesn't wish to bring his grandpa back, right, is because by the time he eventually collects all the Dragon Balls. Um, you can't do it. I think Shemron sort of has a, which is the name of the dragon that grants the wish. I think he's got a limit on sort of, I think it's like a year. So if they've died within the last year of something other than natural causes, he can bring them back. Obviously, Goku's grandpa died years before the events of Dragon Ball took place. So he didn't revive him. That makes perfect sense, right? In the film, however, right? In the final fight, Master Roshi dies, right? A guy that he's known for, what, a week? I think it's a week. They make it very clear they're on a time frame here, right? But at the end, he decides to revive that guy over the grandpa that raised him from birth because, like, this is all taking place within a week. So, like, <laughs> how much of a dick is Goku in this film? Like, I get that, yeah, for the sake of the law and everything to make sense, technically, yeah, Master Roshi needs to be the one that's alive. But 
in that scenario, would you revive the guy you've known for a week or the grandpa that you love and raised you from birth? Like, it's a very obvious option, and it's the fact that, yeah, you'd revive... I mean, <laughs> you'd revive your grandpa. It, it's so dumb. Also, why is there suddenly a, a, a chant for releasing Shemron in a weird pose you have to do? Normally, you just sort of call for him and he shows up and you, you grant your wish and the Dragon Balls scatter again. But this film just sort of takes away... Obviously, that's what happens when you cut down a God knows how many manga volume story into into a feature-length film, but you lose a lot of the heart and the characters especially. But in this one, I think you lose the whole moral of the story because I think all of their wishes that they wanted, I don't think Goku even wanted it. Not that I can remember. I don't think he had a wish. Uh, not that I can remember back in the original Dragon Ball. But all the other characters he meets that do have wishes, you tend to find that their wishes are granted, but without the use of the Dragon Ball. So Bulma ends up getting a boyfriend in Yumcha, who she eventually dumps for Vegeta, the guy who inadvertently killed him. That's not the point. And, you know, all the others get all these things they wanted along the way. And that was, I think, the whole point of it is, you know, along the journey, they got all of this without them even realising. You know, they made friends for life, you know. And that's sort of all just taken away for the cheap sort of materialistic side of it and just to get in a few action sequences that, like... <laughs> Right, so the key blasts, right? So you know how, like, in Star Wars, the lasers look like lasers, and you see, so you'd think that they could make a good energy blast effect, right? No, literally, the what? Why is the Kamehameha now a CGI hand fart? Like, honestly, go and look up the images or videos of of this film, right? And look at how Goku does a not the final one against Piccolo because that looks a bit cooler, but even still. It looks like a CGI hand fart. Like, if you were to put a noise over it, it wouldn't seem out of place, right? Genuinely, it's dumb. It looks stupid. And also, sorry, why does Mr. Master Roshi call the Crane Shadow Strike and then, by extension, the Kamehameha a fucking airbending technique? I'm sorry, what? It, I, you're mixing up your... That's... That's have a... That, that's not Dragon... That's Last Air, but Airbending over... Yeah, that's another fucking film that you've ruined, the source material. This one doesn't have Airbending. It's all key. It's inner energy that you unleash into powerful, devastating waves, like the Kamehame. <sighs> right? That's, that's what that is. Not, not Airbending. It's... And why is Master Roshi, like... Don't get me wrong, he's like a 300-year-old pervert in the original series and, like, blatantly watches yoga videos and asks Krillin and Goku for part of their training as their martial arts master to get him porno mags. Like, or I think one of the challenges might even be to get him laid. I'm not entirely sure I remember all of the original Dragon Ball series. I watched Z more. I prefer Z, personally. I have read the manga as well, though, obviously, because I'm a Dragon Ball nerd. But, um, yeah... And in this one, he just seems a bit more perverted whilst being so less. Like, it's not like... Because in anime, like, you've always got that old, weird character, and it's just a staple of it. But Master Roshi, whilst being a bit of a pervert, he has his charm to him. Like, he's funny, he's kind, he's caring. 
like and he genuinely cares for his students you see that in dragon ball super where he sacrifices his life for a bit for goku and krillin but goku manages to revive him um fortunately without the use of dragon balls this time um so he's genuinely a, a nice character in this the film i'm like why are you just a weird perverted psychopath like you don't have the charm that makes master roshi likable none of the characters are likable i mean don't be wrong yamcha is probably the only one that even in the anime is a bit annoying um but he's i think he's meant to be that sort of weaker character by the end of it and that's fine right but i don't there's not a single character in the film i like don't get me wrong obviously i'm more of a vegeta fanboy anyway like vegeta over goku any day I still like Goku, right? I wouldn't be a Dragon Ball film fan if I didn't like Goku. So for me to actually walk out of this film saying, I hated Goku, I hated Bulma, I hated Roshi, I hated Piccolo. And I know this isn't Piccolo that people are most familiar with, which is Piccolo Jr. that then appears in Dragon Ball Z and Super subsequently is a good guy. Um, but even King Piccolo, like his like the senior, I enjoyed as a good character and was a brilliant villain. In this, I'm like, you just look like the mask. Like, you genuinely look like fucking Jim Carrey in the mask. It looks so dumb. It's all just so dumb. And then Ozaru is not even that big. He's just maybe twice the size of an average human. Whereas in the anime, Goku was fucking big enough to tread on his and his grandpa. Don't get me wrong, it was a small house. But tread on the entire house and fucking kill his grandpa. Like, it made you taller than fucking buildings, right? Like, you were giant. You were Godzilla level, kaiju level. That's what you're saying, great ape is, right? Whereas in this, it's like, it's like fucking looking at Chewbacca, just with awful CGI, wearing Goku's gi. Right, that's actually a good point as well, right? Why does, why does the gi not rip? Is it made by the Saiyan material that makes Saiyan battle armor stretch like that? Because, like... Goku shouldn't have that on Earth. Every time he's transformed, his clothes have ripped with it, right? It's because human clothes can't... He's significantly bigger, right? And it's... Guys, it's so dumb. They've ruined all the characters. They've ruined the plot. They actually made me hate Dragon Ball. Like, even Dragon Ball GT, while I thought it was a bit boring, like, like, you know, you can still... Like, Super Saiyan 4 is fucking cool. Super Saiyan 4, Gogeta's cool. The Shadow Dragons have some of them good designs and the fighting's okay you know it is what it is but then like you can still enjoy it and then, then you've got drama revolution and it's like it's just so dumb but it's not even it's not even it doesn't deserve to be called bad it's just fucking dumb <laughs> i can't stress this enough it hurts it's so badly made, and you can tell they, they had no respect and no care for the source material. Like, I didn't care about these characters the way you should if you're making a film on them. Like, obviously, I'm someone who's invested in these characters and has been for a very long time, and I love my Dragon Ball, and, you know, I always have, and... These are characters that... They have so much depth to them, and I know you can't fit all of that into a, into a feature-length film, but it's when you fit none of it into the feature local film i'm like you've got a spit like come on like show some love to these characters that are beloved by so many people like you're messing with a franchise that has so many fans worldwide and you're not showing any respect to the source material to the creator and to the characters 
You're not even getting your main character right. It's like in The Last Jedi when they fuck up Luke Skywalker. It's like, really? Like, you fuck up the main character. I know he's not the main character anymore, but he was. Right? And you take Goku and you just make him some horny secondary school, high school student who doesn't really care about fighting, but just cares about getting a Chi-Chi. And I'm like, look, that's great, but that's not Goku. That might work for a shitty teen rom-com chick flick, you know, the sort of shit that a girlfriend would make you watch, but you don't really want to because you'd rather be sitting there watching anime um, or a boyfriend or whoever your significant other is. I'm not here to judge. Um, so, you know, it's the sort of thing that you might be forced to watch by a significant other or a sister or a housemate or a roommate, whatever, you know, but it doesn't work for Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball is an action adventure comedy in a lot of places as well. And this film didn't make me laugh. It made me cringe. It's like the bit where Master Roshi is first being introduced and he's like, I am Wu-Tan Roshi, the invincible. And Goku's like, my grandpa's dead. And then Roshi's just like, oh. And I, I think that was meant to be a funny moment. Um, but I just remember thinking, like, what what the fuck? Like, it's not funny. It's just weird. It's making Master Roshi unlikable. It's making Goku even more unlikable. There's also a lot of really... Right, the direction for the film's weird as well. Every time someone speaks, they're like, oh, yeah, that's really good. I really like it because it's really, yeah... Like they, they just take really long, unnecessary pauses with like every conversation. It's like, right, in this scene, you're trying to sound mysterious. Ah, yes, but in this scene, come here, I've got a secret for you. You're going for mysterious. So you drag out those questions and you drag out those lines. So you just keep more people wanting more. And I'm like, no, it, it made me hate the film even more than I already did. Like, <laughs> why is Goku not an alien? I know at that point in Dragon Ball, he didn't know he was an alien anyway. But it was also about, to be fair, I think when Dragon Ball, the original series was going, he was about 11, right? But So he wouldn't be at second, well, he would be at secondary school, but not, like, this Goku's, what, 16? And, and like, his hair stands up when he sees Chi-Chi, and he can suddenly use fucking air, but airbending attacks when she's around she's trying to impress her i'm like and most of the fights in the film seem to be done with guns i'm like are you serious you're literally doing dragon ball a series famous for its fights right whether you go for z super or the original series and gt they've all got epic fights that people remember whether it's goku versus king piccolo Goku versus Piccolo Jr. in Dragon Ball. Goku versus Vegeta. Goku versus Frieza. Right? You know, Frieza versus Vegeta. Goku or Frieza versus Cell. Gohan versus Cell. Vegeta or Goku versus Kid Buu or Majin Buu. Right? Versus the Shadow Dragons. Goku versus Jiren. Vegeta versus Jiren. Any other tournament of power. Right? When characters who actually have names start fighting. Right? Like... And so, like, you've got a series famous for fights, and, like, until the end where fucking the mask and not Goku 
decide to have their really bad CGI fight, which involves gut punch, gut punch, face punch, gut punch. Like, you know, not, not an actual fluid fight. Like, there's no fluidity in it whatsoever. Like, you watch films like The Kingsman, and you're like, wow, there's some really good fluid fight scenes. And you watch this, and it's literally the director going, right, now you punch him. Okay, pull back. Next guy, in for a punch. Okay, now Goku punch again. Oh, Piccolo, you go again. You know, this lich, it's not a fight, right? But until then, I'm really sure most of the fights are done with fucking guns, right? As there's Bulma and Maya and shootouts, and I'm like, one once again, Bulma's not Lara Croft. I don't think she she'd ever pick up a gun uh, in her life. It's just just not right. And then, like, once again, I'm watching Dragon Ball. Can we not actually have fights to solve these problems? Like, yeah, like you know. <laughs> Kamehameha! You know, like, imagine Vegeta turned up to planet Earth and fucking, when Goku goes to fight him, he just goes, you know what, fuck this, and just pulls out a fucking AK-47. And don't get me wrong, I get that, yeah, okay, fair enough. Guns don't hurt Goku. He is, yeah, he's invulnerable to bullets. Because he's a Saiyan, he's an alien. Once again, it's, it's the Superman gig. Jap- he's just Japanese Superman, except he has flaws and limits and has to train to get stronger. That's why you like him, because he's not just, I'm good at everything. He's worked his ass off his whole life. This Goku doesn't know his word for anything. Only cares when boners are involved and will resurrect the man that he's known for, like, three days over the man that raised him. Because, you know, that's a dick move. <laughs> like, it's... If if you if you would do that in conscious mind, right? Bear in mind, you, this has got to be someone who's raised you that you like. If you don't have a if you have a strenuous relationship with your parent or guardian, one, if you need help, reach out to me on Twitter or the Discord. You know, here to support. But two, might not relate. But when Goku clearly had a lot of affection to his grandpa and cried when he died, and it's his fault he died anyway, because you know if he didn't sneak out to go to the party. Cause, oh, wasn't it like his grandpa's birthday as well? That's it, yeah. So it was his grandpa's birthday, right? And he chose to sneak out to go to Chi-Chi's party because he wanted to fuck her. So he left his grandpa on his own on his birthday to eat his birthday cake. Fucking Piccolo turns up and kills him, right? And steals the Dragon Ball that he has, like his prized possession. So Goku is literally... So they think he's bad in the anime where sometimes he doesn't pay attention to his family as much as maybe he should. But then again... They're financially stable at any point. Either the Ox King, which is Chi-Chi's dad, has them. Or in Super, they win like 100,000 zenny, which basically has them set for life, right? So he goes off training, you know, it's his hobby or whatever. And so so if you think he's an asshole in that, you haven't seen... Because, like, <laughs> he just ditches his grandpa and then doesn't revive the guy when he gets the Dragon Balls. Like, like, because I'm pretty sure the whole reason he sets off to get the Dragon Balls in this film is to revive his grandpa, and he doesn't even do it. He picks not Master Roshi over over the man that raised him, and it's um, it's such dick move, and it's so fucking dumb. Like, I really can't. I'm sorry if that hurt your ears. But I, I, it's it, guys, it's dumb. It's it's really dumb. It's actually hurting my brain to think. It's making me want to go back and watch that Goku versus Freezer fight because you know it's what half one in the morning now, and 
that's only a three hour long fight, you know, longest fight in anime history. So, you know, I, I can make that right. Like three hours, Goku vs. Free, it's good, yeah? It's either that or watch Dragon Ball Evolution. And honestly, you watch that film, it feels like it's gone on for an eternity. By the time it's finished, you're like, I wouldn't mind, but <laughs> the, the funny thing is, they thought they were going to get a sequel. Because at the end, you're like, oh, look, King Piccolo isn't dead. He's alive. Ooh. Like in an end credit Marvel style scene. So they were clearly planning on, on making another one of these. And it, it just makes me laugh that they actually thought they were going to be successful. Because it's so bad. Like, and that's not even just because I like Dragon Ball. Like, even if you don't like Dragon Ball and you're just going to watch the film, you won't enjoy it. It's not good. It's just not a good film. And then if you're a Dragon Ball fan, it just insults you even more. So, yeah, it's it's god-awful and it's shit. And if you haven't worked out what my judgment on this film is just yet, um, then, then maybe you're a bit dumb too. Because quite frankly, Dragon Ball Evolution, you have failed this franchise, right? Just stop existing. Genuinely stop existing. You're actually a waste of everyone's time and it, it's painful to know you exist however i kind of have you to thank for dragon ball z battle of gods and dragon ball super so in a weird way thank you but at the same time you're still a shit film and the fact that you inspired a really good one doesn't give you any exemption from my judgment here so you have failed you are dog shit see cornelius i do fail some things on this show it's not just me that fails all the time. Sometimes the occasional film or TV show will fail too. <laughs> Things do fail and you have failed, guys. I promise. Um, ran over. Uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. Once again, I really do appreciate you tuning in every week. And uh, I love the fact we're at 400. And here's to the next 400. And here's to get into 1,000. That'll be absolutely brilliant. So please do remember to share this with your friends if you enjoyed it. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please do give me a rating. If you think I've done a shit job, you can give me a shit rating, but just give me a rating on Apple Podcasts if that is what you are listening to me on. And if whatever platform you're listening to me on has a rating system, let me know. Heckle me on Discord. Heckle me on Twitter. Let me know how I'm doing. Give me more topics you want me to talk about. Um, uh, just thank you so much for listening. I, I genuinely really do appreciate that. Uh, you have not failed me and you, you've made me so proud of this show that we've made it to 400 lifetime listens. So uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode, guys, and I will see you next time.